This podcast is a Tucker Media production. For more information, head to tuckermedia.com.au. Welcome to For the Shire, by the Shire. Each week, we speak to property and finance professionals working in and around the Sutherland Shire. Discover insider tips and tricks from the Shire's leading experts on how to get ahead in today's market. Introducing your host, Nathan Smith, the Director and Senior Mortgage Broker at the award-winning Birdie Wealth. Hi everyone, we're back again at For the Shire, By the Shire. We're joined today by Natalie Lennon, the Founder and Director of Two Sides Accounting, an accounting firm set up here in Miranda in 2017. Uh, Two Sides are known for being a no-nonsense accounting, simplifying the lives of business owners through open communication and automation. Uh, some of her big achievements so far in the last two and a half, three years, we're uh, a gold partner with Zero. so I'll get her to explain a little bit about what that means. Uh, a finalist in a number of awards, including Australian Accounting for the Year, uh, Young Entrepreneur and the Local Leader Awards, and she's top 50 with HubDoc for the Australian Cloud Accountants for two years. Congratulations. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Thanks for coming along. Now, we... Uh, once upon a time worked in this co-working space together and now you you just moved downstairs. So tell us a bit about your story from uh, starting out as an accountant in the beginning. How did you get into that industry? Well, I sort of fell into it to start. Um, finished school, didn't really know what I wanted to do, went off, started working in admin, believe it or not, um, then got taught a bit of bookkeeping, really liked it. So went off and started studying and then left there, went to an accounting firm and I guess, you know, the rest is, is history. Um, had a previous business with a couple of partners uh, for about six years and then decided it was time to go out on my own and, you know, sp- spread my wings. So that's when Two Sides was born. So it was 2017 yeah. you yes. made the decision yeah. to start your own business and yeah. go it on your own. Uh, what did you take away from your previous experience that you took into to starting that new business? I think just having business partners and having to run everything by them. Um, you know, you've got all these ideas and you've got two people that are holding you back, so you sort of just want to run at a 1,000 miles an hour and just do things really quickly. Uh, and then when you start doing that on your own, you go, hang on a minute, I need to pull back a little bit. So you've got to sort of check yourself. There is benefits and uh, and downsides to having business partners. I yes. mean, having that support and having the, the mixture of ideas is great, yep. but um, but I think you're fairly similar to, to me. We like to, to dart left if we want to dart left yeah. and, and take off if we want to take yep. off, and um, sometimes that can be hard. Yeah. Um, so what sort of clients are you is your ideal client at two sides? Predominantly business clients. Like we do obviously work with, you know, the mums and dads, the individual returns, uh, investors with properties and things like that. Um, But predominantly small businesses who are really on a similar path to us. They want to grow. They want to be educated on how they can do that um, with the tools out there that are also available. So automating using Xero, as you touched on before, we're a gold partner, which means we've got a lot of clients on Xero. So we're we're experts, you might say, um, so that we can really get in there and assist our clients to use their Xero file better as well. Perfect. So Xero is one of the leading accounting softwares for business owners. um, And that's, that's, yeah, certainly certainly the leader at the moment, would you say, as far as software? Yeah. Yeah. Based in the Sutherland Shire, have you always lived in the area? Yeah, yeah. Been here my whole life. Went to Woolaway High School. Yeah. 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 And it was that the reason for deciding to start the business here? Yeah. Look, my other business was in Hurstville. 
and even just being in Hurstville, you know, I think I picked up a couple of, you know, friends and family from the Shire, but they still didn't really want to travel over the bridge. And definitely being able to travel not very far to work is definitely yeah, good thing. It's a long way, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Everyone, everyone talks to me about petrol prices. Yeah. I wouldn't have a clue. I'm yeah. fill up about every yeah. six weeks. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So the business is now set up and established. What uh, What have been some of those big achievements? I mean, we've seen the awards uh, mentioned at the start of the show. Is there any kind of big achievements that you've, you're really proud of over that last um, few years? I guess, obviously, yeah, the awards, um, but probably being able to move into our own office. So May last year, we obviously moved out of the co-working space and into our own office. Uh, and that was a little bit scary, but now we've got a team of four, soon to be five, six by the end of the month. So, you know, we're, we're growing pretty pretty quickly, which is, I think is a pretty good achievement um, for a small business, as you would know. And I think the next year is just going to be, you know, setting the ship. Let's talk a bit about um, some tips for people in relation to your profession and, yep. and um, prepping for the tax year. Yep. What are some tips for people who are heading into tax time? What are some of those things that you see are just simple fixes that yep. people could have? Yeah, I think the number one thing being organised. So don't wait to the end of the year and then go trying to find your receipts, going through your bank statements and things like that because it's going to be a job that you're going to just go, I don't want to do it, putting it off, putting it off. So organising as you go. So either having some sort of um, application like, say, Dropbox on your phone where you can take a photo of the receipts as you go and they, they upload so at the end of the year, they're, they're all there. It's not a big task you've got to do. Keeping a summary as well, uh, rather than just giving your accountant a shoebox of receipts, having a clear and concise summary of everything. We also have quite a few clients that actually use a zero cash book. So basically what that does is it pulls out um, all your bank transaction lines and you can classify them as you go. So at the end of the year, the accountant just logs onto the zero file, even for you know individual tax returns. And we find that works quite well as well because it captures all the information. There's no going back through all the information. So yeah. it's getting some systems and some organisation in place to do throughout the year yeah. than, uh, than facing a pile of paperwork. Yeah, which no one wants uh, to do. At the end of June. Yeah, even yeah. we don't like to That's do right. that. Now, people have had good experience with accountants, bad experience with accountants. If you were to go and look for an accountant yourself, what are some of the things you would look for to identify a good accountant? The number one thing is making sure they're a registered tax agent. So there's, there is some shonkies out there who are not actually qualified and some of them will actually take your information and use eTax or eLodge or whatever they're calling it and lodge it as if they were you. So that you're paying them to lodge it. They don't even know what they're doing. So check that, even ask them to show you their registration or their number. You can actually search it online as well. Someone who works electronically is important as well because they're going to be more efficient and probably cheaper. Someone who says, oh, come in and bring me all your receipts in a shoebox is probably going to charge you to go through all of those. So that's really important. And someone who offers a fixed fee upfront, not an hourly rate. So you want someone to say to you, look, you know, Nathan, your tax return's going to be X this year. Are you okay with that? Yes, proceed. Otherwise, you could end up with a bit of a surprise at the end of it, not a so good surprise. Yeah. Now, you mentioned um, eLodge. Yep. So eLodge is the new system where people can lodge their own tax returns yep. on their own. At what point should people be looking from stepping away from eLodge and moving to an accountant? Yeah. Look, I think it depends on the person. Ideally, I'd say never use eLodge. I've had a few, you know, friends and family who have used it and ended up paying a lot of tax when they've hit a wrong button. Um, and even as an accountant using the old eTax when I was a junior, I found it harder to use than the software that we use in our office. So it's not very user-friendly. And even if you're just a basic salary and wage earner, you can 
really stuff it up. So, yeah, I would say... Leave it to the professionals. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fantastic. Have you had any big wins in the past? Have you had something where uh, where a, a client's used someone else or, or made an error doing an e-lodge and then come and seen you? Look, we see it quite often. Um, we have one client who actually tried to claim the whole cost of a car in their tax return, $30,000, and it flagged an audit instantly. Um, and then we, they said, oh, I don't know what I've done here. And I had a look at it and I said, we you're not allowed to claim the car. You've got to claim it, you know, over a number of years. So, yeah, just about knowing the rules. And the tax laws change all the time. Like, sometimes we even have to double-check things. Obviously, we're doing, you know, continuing professional development, as they call it, which is obviously, you know, your ongoing study. So if we can't always keep up, then, you know, what hope has everybody else got? Yeah, yeah. so even sitting in that field all day, yeah. uh, you're just constantly getting yeah. updates and amendments and changes to those tax laws, and you've yeah. really got to, yeah, stay on top of them. I'm going to give you the tax office. You're going to have the whole tax office to run for the day. What would you change? God, how long have we got? <laughs> if you'd spend the whole day there, would you be going? I feel like the problem with the tax office is it depends who you get when you ring up. So, you know, we often joke in the office if we ring up and we're negotiating a payment plan or something, we don't get the right answer, we'll ring back and try and get someone else. It's like they've got no rhyme or reason. So if a client misses a $50 payment, the ATO will call us. Then I can have one client who owes $100,000 and I won't hear anything. And I'll be like, why are you ringing me for $50? Like, go away. So, uh, yeah. That's, You'd like some yeah. consistency yes. perhaps, some consistency across the board. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk uh, property. I just want to talk generally about your journey, where you've been, and then and then talk a little bit about the tax side of things. Yep. So property owner yourself, bought in and around the Sutherland Shire, yep. how did you find that experience of buying property? Look, when we bought our first property, we were, uh, my husband and I were quite young, 21, 22, so we didn't really know too much about it. We went with, actually I probably won't mention it because what I'm going to say in a minute. Yeah. Um, we basically, we had to pay mortgage insurance, but when we found out later on, we actually had enough money saved to not have to pay the mortgage insurance but, you know, I think it was maybe ten, twenty thousand 20,000 difference. Um, then we found that out later and we were like, why didn't they tell us that? So I think it's about the education process and, you know, having your broker actually tell you everything there is to know. Yeah, yeah. so um, a, a little bit of an expensive lesson yeah. there on your first property. Yeah. From there, have you gone on to buy other property or upgrades? And Yeah, so we, we sold that unit and bought our house um, and we've just recently sold the house and um, bought another apartment. And I guess we've had another terrible experience with borrowing because we're both self-employed now. So that's been <laughs> another roller coaster. Very yeah. hard, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, one self-employed's hard, but yeah. two uh, two certainly throws yeah. a mix into yeah. it, and I'm sure you can appreciate yeah. what, what you have to do on the accounting side of things to make sure that you get yourself yeah. in a position to do that. Yeah. What I want to do next, Natalie, is go through some of the commonly used phrases in relation to property and tax and see if we can get a better understanding and explanation as to what they mean, because we hear these phrases so often, um, and hoping you can break it down for us. We hear this one often, CGT, capital gains tax. What does that mean? So capital gains tax means when you sell a property, it's the tax that you pay on it. So it's only on investment properties. You don't have to pay it on your family home. If you hold a property for more than 12 months, you get what's called a 50% general discount, which means if you, let's just say there's a gain of $100,000, 
we get a discount, so the gain's halved, so $50,000, and then that's added onto your taxable income and you pay tax on that. So you're paying tax now on the 50000 so if we had a salary of 100000 you'd pay tax on 150000 yes. yeah. yeah. So that can, I guess if you're at that tax rate, you can almost be pushed into the next tax bracket, which means you then would pay you know, higher tax on that. So if you're thinking about selling your investment property, you want to get advice before you do before it. The you don't sale. want to come to the accountant at the end of the year and go, here's my tax, I've late. sold this property, and then we say, oh, have you put away that tax? And they go, no, I've spent it or I've bought another property. Because what you're looking there, is it the contract or settlement date that they're working off? So it's the exchange date. Yeah. Yeah, the contract date. uh, It can be important as to whether you're selling June or July as to how that will fall. So prior to listing a property, prior to selling it, go and chat with the accountant and and get some advice there. The other one we hear about often and we hear people talking about, oh, my accountant said to go and get a property for negative gearing or this negative Mm. gearing term. What does that mean? Yeah. So I think the problem with it as well is, as you said, people telling others to get a property to to negative gear, which means to reduce your tax. Now, I always say to clients, don't do something just to reduce your tax because if it's reducing your tax, you're obviously losing money. You know, you don't just you know, reduce your tax for nothing. So the negative gear means that you're really purchasing it for capital gain. So what we just spoke about before, when you're selling it, you're making money there. But year on year, it's actually costing you money. So when you're factoring in your interest and your your running costs and all those types of things. So you're losing money every week on the property, you're actually dipping into your pocket to pay for it. Correct. And you're claiming that loss back against your taxable income. Yeah. I think the key word there we always say is negative gearing benefit. It's just a benefit. It's not the reason to be sourcing one particular property. Correct. And I guess a lot of higher income earners do it because um, they're obviously saving on their tax as they go through, even though it's costing them money, but then obviously later on the gain is going to outweigh that. Yeah. What about the six-year rule in relation to capital gains tax? So the six-year rule basically talks about, so you can buy a property, you have to live in it for, I think it's um, six months to, you know, say it's your property, so make sure you're living there. Then you can move out and rent it out, and the ATO gives you six years to rent it out before capital gains kicks in. Okay. So if you sell it after that six years, capital gains time. So I buy a home, I live in it for six months, I then decide to move overseas for a couple of years and live there for a couple of years, I can come back and either move into the property or sell the property prior to that six-year mark and pay nothing in capital gains. Correct. Correct. Okay, fantastic. Um, The last scenario which can come up quite often is is to do with partners, so partners buying onto another person's property. Do you know if they have to pay taxes or capital gains in order to do that? So do you mean, like, let's say, for example, I bought a property before I got married and then got married and the, the partner buys in? Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty sure there's there'll be stamp duty on it. Obviously, there that's a se- yep. separate thing. But in terms of tax, no. because it's your main residence, it's your home, it's not an investment. You don't have to yep. pay it. Fantastic. Yeah. So I guess it's important just to have that separation between investment and your home. Perfect. So two separate rules. So probably the best thing again is speak to an accountant prior to yeah. <laughs> prior to moving names, shuffling names yep. and just check what the tax implications are yep. on that one. Yep. That's great. Any common myths that you hear in your industry that you hear oh. Uncle John saying over the barbecue giving his tax advice that you just say, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah there's a lot. And I'm actually doing a blog post on this at the moment called why your mate is paying less tax than you. 
a lot of the time your mate has a different scenario. So whilst they might seem that the scenario is the same, there's usually something a little bit different. So an example might be that your mate may have an investment property and you have an investment property. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean that what happens at tax time is going to be the same between the two. Correct. So circumstances could be different uh, regarding how they've structured it, how they've set up their their actual lending or or what entity they're holding the property in can then determine as to what to do. I mean, we hear a lot in relation to uh, I should buy in a trust or I should have have it structured this way. Uh, but really it's a matter of speaking with your planners and your accountants and making sure you get the advice around doing that. And I think understanding how you're structured as well. We get so many clients coming in and going, I've got property in a trust, I've got a company over here, but I don't really understand it all and it makes me stressed. And the first question I say was, well, did you sit down with your accountant before you set it up? Oh, no, they just did it. So we would always sit with our clients and go, okay, this is what we can do for you but what's your preference? So I don't want to put them into this crazy structure if they don't feel comfortable and it's just too confusing, rather just try and keep it simple. I think what you know is best too, right? Like what makes sense to you, what you understand, you're going to be able to actually uh, work with. Look, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming on and giving a bit of an insight and unscrambling the crazy world of tax. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Which it can be. Just before you go, I just wanted to uh, finish with one final question and and that was just in relation to that one tip that uh, you wish more people knew about. So what's that one bit of advice you've got for people out there today? I think I'll put it into just two small ones is always get advice before you do anything like from your accountant, your financial planner, because it's a lot more expensive and time-consuming to fix and to get it right the first time and being organised and just having all all your information together. Fantastic. So get your advice before you pull the trigger. Keep your accountant on speed dial (laughs) and uh, and make sure you get a good system and make sure you're organised. Natalie, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Uh, so they can find us at um, www.twosides.com.au on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube. <laughs> you just Google Two Sides Accounting and I'm sure you're we'll everywhere. Be able to, yeah, we're everywhere. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll link all your details below and uh, really appreciate you coming in. Great. Thanks for having me. This podcast is for general information only. It contains brief comments not intended to be the basis for decision-making nor to be taken as a substitute for specific advice. Please contact Birdie Wealth to discuss any matters that may be relevant to your individual situation. For more information, go to www.birdiewealth.com.au.